condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It says, he that believeth not is condemned already, because he's not believing on the name of the Son of God. doesn't matter about much in this life, but it matters that you believe on the Son of God, that he came and he died for you and he rose again and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Amen. And he sent the Holy Spirit back here to make intercession down here. So we're covered on both ends. Amen. How can you beat a deal like that? Well, I've been preaching on the Holy Spirit, and uh, I've been trying to quit, but I hadn't found a place to quit yet. And, you know, because he told me this is a year of the kingdom. He has not come, and the kingdom's here. And the kingdom is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and... Uh, the more I preach on it, the more I want to preach on it. And so, you know, if you really look at Christianity, Jesus told the disciples, he said, you go to Jerusalem and don't you move until the Holy Spirit comes. Don't you do a thing until you're empowered with, from, from on high. And the Holy Spirit came and baptized them the Holy Ghost and fire and they went out everywhere. So... You know, the Holy Spirit is such an important part of what we're doing that really there's not anything that you can do apart from the Holy Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word, and we just thank you, Lord, that you opened it up and let us see the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us and for us. And, and Lord, we thank you for him. And, Lord, I just want to just, uh, you know, I, I was telling the jury this morning, you know, I'd never, I got to look at it, I never found any place in the scripture, in my notes, where I'd ever preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I asked the Lord why. And he reminded me of all the hell I went through when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and got kicked out of a church and went through all the rejection and all the stuff I went through. Even though I wouldn't take for the experience and what it's done in my life, and this church probably wouldn't be here today if I hadn't been kicked out. And uh, But it, it, it left such a wound, I guess, in me that I didn't want to preach in that uh, thinking subconsciously, maybe, or the enemy put it there. I didn't want anybody else to go through the pain I went through. But I want to tell you, week after next, I'm preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I repented because I hadn't preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And, you know, I just didn't realize it. I, I just was shocked that I never had but, and we're going to pray for you. If you've never been prayed for to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and prophesying, casting out devils, that's going to be a good time to get it. Yeah. And we're not backing up. I've never backed up over it. You know, I thank God for all I went through. But I didn't realize it had affected me in certain areas. And so I'm confessing my fault one to another and saying, I'm sorry. So I'm telling you what. Others may be moving away from the Holy Spirit, but we're moving towards you. Amen. We're moving towards you in Jesus' name. Because there's not a thing we can have or do. Jesus said, everything that the Father has is mine. Didn't he? Yes. And Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will lead and guide you to all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall, he shall show it to you. He's going to think, take the things of mine and give it to you. All that the Father has and all that the Son has 
and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everything the Holy Spirit is offering us freely is not really the Holy Spirit. It's the Father's. Because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen? So we need to understand what it's all about and who he is and why he wants to do that for us. And I would encourage you, you know, there's nothing... I remember the book, uh, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, Benny Hinn. You know, it, it was, it, it's something that he's your comforter. Jesus said, when he, the Spirit, is truth, I won't leave you alone. Amen. But if I leave, I'm going to send another just like me. And when he has come, he's going to comfort you. In Isaiah 66, I think, about verse 13, it says, As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. Catch that. God said, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. That's what he said. I will come into you in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so he's here in the power of the Holy Spirit to help us with every situation. Romans chapter 8 says the Holy Spirit's here to make intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. For he that knows the will of the Father makes intercession to, to the Father for the saints according to the will of God. How many of you know it's good to be able to pray in tongues? And how many of you know that most of us other than Martin out here don't pray enough in the Spirit? He walks around praying in tongues all the time. Not that he needs it or anything. but Right, Martin? <clears throat> praying in the Holy Ghost. And we don't do it enough. And so we, we need to make a point to intercede in that. Amen? I'll drink to that. So have a drink. Hebrews chapter 6. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity. <coughs> Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Uh, no more. Our faith towards God. Of the doctrine of baptisms. There's more than one. Laying on the hands. And I guess I need to qualify that. There's a lot of baptisms, but Scripture says there's only one baptism. Ah, well. Jerry, can you figure that out and let me... Oh, no? Okay. Okay. Resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. What does it say? This will we do if God permit. Now, this book is written. I want you to see this. It's impossible. Now, when you use the word impossible, for those who have... In, been at once enlightened, enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift, yes, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. You catching all that? Partakers of the Holy Ghost. What he's saying it is, and if they shall fall away, what this is is called an absurdity. It's an absurdity. That's what he's trying. He's writing this to Hebrew Christians that become Christians, and a lot of them's thinking about going back under the law. And he said, it's absurd that you want to do that. And a lot of times when we, we see these things, we, and he says, it's, it's impossible. You know, because that which is born of God, what? Cannot sin. Can't go back there. He said, if they fall away, and what's he talking about? He's talking about going back away from Christianity, back under the law of legalism. He says what? It's impossible to renew them again or to repent and sin. They crucify themselves to the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. So he's trying to make a 
uh, impression here that if you've been partakers of the Holy Ghost and all that, why would you think about going back? But every letter Paul wrote to the churches, he talked to them about going back under legalism. Galatians, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And what? Be not again entangled in the yoke of bondage. So it's, it's, and this is something we see going on even today. <coughs> people are trying to pull people, Christians, back under legalism and the works of the law. And so we look here in Ephesians chapter 4. But I want you to see, we've been made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Why would you want to go back? Ephesians chapter 4. All right. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation which you are called, with all lowliness, meekness, longsuffering, forbearing one another in, in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. There is no unity apart from the Holy Spirit. Catch that. We can't have unity apart from the Holy Spirit. If we got unity, it's cause of the Holy Spirit. And so it is the unity of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings unity into our midst. And it's, it's his working of unity. Our job's not to make it, it's just to keep it. In the bond of peace, there's one body, one spirit, even you're called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. See, there's that other scripture, Jerry, that we're talking about. First Corinthians chapter 2 says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. So the Holy Spirit is the one that baptizes us into the body of Christ. And he places us into the body of Christ as it pleases him. We didn't choose it. God chose where we're to be placed. But we've been baptized into that body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Is this important? One God, Father, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. There's, who's the, the gift of? Christ. Now the gifts of the Spirit really are gifts of Christ, aren't they? Amen. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to the men. Now, he that ascended, what is it? But he first descended first in the lower parts of the earth. Now, he that descended the same also ascended far above heavens that he might fill all, in, all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Did you know this is the gifts he's talking about? These are not offices that God set in the church to keep everybody lined out. They're gifts. Ministry gifts given to the body so the body can be built up and edify itself in love. Amen, Pastor. For the equipping or perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith, Unity of whose faith? The faith of the Son of God. His faith. The knowledge of the Son of God. What's the whole purpose? The Holy Spirit has come to what? Lead us and guide us into the full knowledge of Christ Jesus. That's why he's here. Second Corinthians 3.18, we all beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being exchanged into the very same image of Jesus Christ, even as by the Holy Ghost. Amen. He's the one doing it. 
So we need him here. We need to invite him here. We need to let him work in our lives. Okay? All right. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. That's religion. Carried about with every doctrine, the sly of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him all things who is the head. Now why is that? From whom the whole body, that's the body of Christ, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. See, we talked about this in the coffee shop this morning. The Holy Ghost is the one that gives you the gifts and places you where you're needed in the body of Christ. And it's not for you, it's for others. Your gifting is not for you to enjoy yourself, it's for others. And he says, according to effectual working in measure of every part, every part's important, maketh increase unto the edifying of itself in love. Oh, isn't that good? But see, the goal for 13, till we come into unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son, until full to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We are the body of Christ here. The church is the body of Christ. Doesn't mean every church is, but God has his church in every church. Every church is not necessarily God's church, but in every church, he has his church. Because we are the members of the, the body of Christ. Amen? And we see here, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You know, we, we said in 1 Corinthians, by one Spirit we're all baptized. Titus 3, 5 says, it, it, it says here in Titus, let, let's look at it. We looked at it in the coffee shop this morning, which we have done, but according to your mercy. According to his what? Oh, I feel the anointing. I thank God for the anointing. Even though they kicked me out for getting it. You know, I used to... I'm not really... I'm thankful for it. But, you know, as I was... I was thinking about it, I used to lead the worship in the, the church I was in. And when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit... All those words on those songs all of a sudden came alive. And we used to sing pretty regular. uh, What was the song? Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Breathe on me, Holy Spirit. And they couldn't understand why tears were rolling down my cheek all of a sudden. He'd been singing that all along. Why is he getting so emotional over these songs? It was a dead giveaway. Huh? Yeah, I got in trouble. And you know, when I say all that, I want you to know, I thank God for everything. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I thank God for everything I went through. You understand what I'm saying? Verse 5, Titus 3, 5, Not by works of righteousness. Catch that. It's not what we do, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing Regeneration, and that word regeneration in the Greek is rebirth. He's not trying to regenerate an old thing. It's a new seed. Regeneration, now we read it this morning, Watchman E said regeneration is exchange, right Steve? Regeneration is exchange. And renewing, which is also goes to the root of new. 
Spirit of the Holy Ghost, which he shed abundantly on us through Jesus our, our Savior. Where did he shed abundantly on us through who? Through Jesus. Jesus said, if I go to the Father and I sit down to the Father, there's another one coming that the Father's going to send. And he's just like me. And we're going to come and make our abode with you. Oh, isn't that good? We're going to make it. Now, Romans 5, 5, it says what? It says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that he's given us. What's shed abroad? God is love, right? Love never fails. God's given us a heart to know him. It's a heart of love. And the, the only way we can do that, it says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And the only, came, only way we can manifest the love of God is to have the Holy Ghost in us to shed that love of God abroad in our hearts. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14, and he says this, that the Holy Spirit, the love of God, keeps us from flying apart. The Holy Spirit, the love of God constrains us because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. And they that died should no longer live for themselves, but him who died and rose again. So we know no man after the flesh anymore, but after the Spirit. So if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things become new. Amen. So... You know, Romans chapter 8, so it's, it's real clear. He says there in Romans chapter 8, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Holy Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. You cannot even mortify your flesh apart from the Holy Spirit. How many of you tried? How many have succeeded? No. You can't even deny yourself apart from the Holy Spirit. But if ye through the Holy Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Amen? Amen? So we're debtors, it says there in Romans, not to live after the flesh, but to live after the Spirit. And as many as are led by this Holy Spirit, these are the sons of God, Amen. daughters of God, children of God. Yes. As many as are what? Led Amen. by the Spirit. And, you know, we're talking about Chandler. You know, we make our plans, but God directs our steps. It also says in scriptures that he went with them, confirming their words with signs following. You know, I want to say something about most of you people here in this church that's been here for a little while. And what the Lord showed me about all you folks, everywhere you go, you're noticed. You're light and you're salt. Everywhere you go, there's an attraction that people want to be around you. We can't all be Captain America, but there's anointing that goes with you everywhere you go. And you may not even be aware of it. And I'm just telling you, that's every place you go, you're in this world not for yourself, but for others. You leave your impression everywhere you go. And you, Paul said, are our epistles, known and read of all men. Now, what did he say about these guys? They come behind in no gift. Waiting for the Lord Jesus. No gift. They had all the gifts flowing, but there was strife and bitterness and envy going on in the midst of them. And he said, you guys are just carnal. You're living your life as mere men. 
but you have no gift lacking in your life. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not badges of your character. What is a gift? It's a gift. It has nothing to do whether you deserve it or don't deserve it. It's been given. Now, I say the Holy Spirit, Marion said about this morning, Paul said desire them. Desire spiritual gifts. Why? When you get to the place where you're not looking at it for yourselves and you want spiritual gifts, you want them for what? The edifying of the body of Christ so you can minister to the body of Christ. Because apart from the Holy Spirit and what, what he has to give, we can't give anybody anything. So we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help others as we go along this world. Amen. I go on record of all you. I want all of them. I take them all. But you know what? As long as you got the Holy Spirit working in you, all of them's potentially available to you. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel. Amen. Colossians two nine says, "For in God, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of Godhead bodily." Think about that. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is that bodily expression of all of God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you what? You've seen the Father. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, Alan, are complete in him. What does complete mean? It means pressed down, running over, shaking together. Overflow. I don't want just a little. I want overflowing. It's overflowing power of God is working in us. Ah. Okay. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you're complete in him. Mm. Rooted and grounded in him. Oh, it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of the sons of God. There's a few things we need to, to know about the Holy Spirit working in our lives. First thing, it says for us to be rooted and grounded in love. Why is that important? What does rooted and grounded mean? Rooted and grounded. In love. See, that's, that's God. God is what? Love. And so you, we must be rooted and grounded in love. Then we will be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. As he is, so are we in this present world. I'm tired of just a little sprinkling, aren't you? When we can have the whole potential of having all the fullness of God dwelling in us. Jesus says the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is going to come and live in us. Why don't we act like it sometimes? Why don't we act like the fullness of God is living in us and go through this world believing that? It's just a matter of believing it's true. Second, we must have a clear understanding of the Word of God for love is manifested through His Word. We've got to have a good foundation of the Word. You know, last week David was talking about, Jesus was talking about the Word, and he was reading to us the Word. And the Holy Spirit, I I told David later, but what the Lord showed me, and he told me this. He says, he said that uh, 
Christ used the written word of God to reveal the living word. Christ used the written word of God to reveal the living word. He was the living word. But he used the word of God. Did you catch it? The written word reveals the living word. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And the word was made what? Flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, not the only begotten, full of grace and truth. We beheld that. The living word made flesh and dwelt among us. You know, all this stuff is rich. Is it rich to you? Okay, thirdly, we must have a clear understanding of our identity and on the ground which we stand. We're entering into days where you need to know who you are and who he is and your legal rights. Because all your positions will be, uh, the enemy wants to challenge you. And you have authority to stand. But you've got to know your identity. Jesus spoke of the good ground which brought forth fruit, some 30, 60, and 100 fold. I believe the only difference in those 30, 60, and 100 fold is your revelation of the knowledge of the Son of God. If you're content with just a little bit of the revelation of the knowledge of God, you can have 30. But if you're not content and you want the Holy Spirit to reveal more to you, it'll bring you into a bigger 60 and 100 fold. And Jesus said, if you don't like what he's given you, it'll just be taken and given somebody else that wants it. You know what the difference is? Luke 1, 5, 3 says he fills the hungry with good things. But the rich or the full that don't need anything else, he just sends them empty away. He takes all theirs and gives it to somebody that's hungry. What about the parable of the sower? I've always wondered, why did he give the old rascal that had ten all the other? Because him that hath shall be given and he shall have more abundantly. But him that hath not shall be him taken away that which he hath. That don't seem fair. Well, it does in God's kingdom. Are you hungry? Pray for hunger. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For you'll go out with joy and you'll be led forth with peace and the mountains and the hills will break before you into singing and the trees of the field will clap their hands. When God created the heavens and the earth and he spoke that, I don't know who it was, said if you could get out in eternity and, and you could get ahead of creation and you could get far enough ahead of it, you'd hear a word coming, let there be. It's still going on. It's still going on. It's never stopped. And it'll never stop. Because he said it, and it won't return void, and it'll accomplish. And Isaiah says, oh, thank you, Lord, that he confirms the word of his messengers. He confirms your words with signs and wonders. So when you go out knowing that the full Godhead rests in you, it ought to make us a little more careful about the words of life we speak and the words of death we speak. Because he said, I create the fruit of the lips, Peace, peace to him that's afar off, to him that is near, saith the Lord, I will heal him. I create the fruit of the lips. 
Death and life's in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So I believe this is a year we need to be more creative in those things we're speaking. I was listening in the shower this morning as I was dancing around in the shower getting ready to come over here. And they were singing that song, Speak Life. That's a powerful word. Speak life in the darkness of the night. Speak life. Church needs to hear that. Speak life. There's getting to be some good songs being played. Some people getting a hold of the message. In the book of Acts, in chapter 29, they were being persecuted. And it says, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal. Whose hand? He's in you. So when you stretch forth your hand, you're stretching forth his hand. You remember what Jim Schilling said two or three weeks before he left that he'd never told us? That when he was in Africa and he went into the hospitals, and as he started praying for the people, he would start stretching forth his hand, and he'd see another hand going before him. Jim don't make up stuff, guys. As he would reach forth his hands, he would see another hand going before him, and his people were all being healed. And that's what it says, by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of the child Jesus Christ. Expect it. So we need salvation is really the word of God. And we have the witness of the spirit, right? That we have. And an exchange life. That's salvation. That's what we need. All right. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The Holy Spirit brings Christ to us. Inspiration, revelation, manifestation, and operation. You see that. The Holy Spirit comes and brings to us of Christ the inspiration, the revelation, the manifestation, and the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God wants us to be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. You know what I pray? Scripture says that Jesus went out about all the cities of Galilee said he went in the synagogue and there was a man with an unclean spirit and he cast out the spirit with his word and his little word that I've never heard preached on it and it said that Jesus went to all the synagogues throughout all the land. It wasn't just a one-time deal. The first place Jesus went was to all the synagogues and he preached the gospel and cast out devils. Church. He went to church first and started casting out devils. I want us to get to the place where when we come into this place, all the demons stay outside. That they're not comfortable here. I want to make this place as uncomfortable to the demonic as we can. They choose to stay outside. Now, if you like your little pet demons, you can pick them up on the way out. But you may get so free in here, you don't want them when you get out. Huh? Come on, don't shout me down. I'm going to have another drink. See, I've been harassed a little this week. But do I quit just because I'm harassed? No way. Okay. I'm about ready to quit. Maybe by this time tomorrow.
Ah, mm. He wants us so filled with the Holy Spirit that people, how do, how do I say this? He wants us so filled that others will not just hear about the exchange life, but will see it. But will see it. Epistles known and read of all men. It's not enough to be able to talk exchange. We should be able to walk in exchange. Okay? All right. I'm getting close. Ah. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have what? Become new. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5 says, Desire spiritual gifts. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue as speaketh not unto man, but unto God, for no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men into edification, exhortation, and comfort. But he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edify himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. Now, Jude says, Beloved, building yourselves up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. There are two edifications there. It says, He that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. All right? Then it says the other edification is for the church. Catch this. You need to pray and edify yourself so you can edify the church. Let me say that again. It's not one or the other. You pray in the Spirit, get yourself built up in the holy, most holy faith so you can edify the church. You don't have to choose one or the other. This you ought to do, not to leave the other undone. Amen? So we need it. Don't back down from it. Okay. Mm. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Amen. You know it's hard to, to hold on to a cup that's running over, especially if it's hot. So Jesus is seated, and the Holy Spirit is here. Mm. All right, I'm going to quit with this. Yes, sir. Prophesy. You know, that's what's so neat about here. I don't, if you want to come up here and prophesy, you can do it any time you want to. In here? Hmm. Come, come, come up here with one. we got a little one talking back there. <laughs> He's cute. What do you want me to do? Jump? Backflip? Oh, it don't matter. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Today, there has been a shift, and there's a shift in your message, and you have been teaching and talking about the exchange. Well, today, the talking and the seeing have had a marriage, Oh, praise God! and the same passion that you had when you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he's anointing you. To kindle that fire again in the body of Christ. See, too much popularity within the charismatic church has put speaking in tongues and deliverance sort of in the bathroom. We do it because we need to and it's good for you, but we just don't talk about it. Well, in Jesus' name, I take that stigma off that ministry Right. right now in Jesus' name. 
And I declare that the sound of the freedom and the sound of the wind and the sound of the exchange is going with an even greater sound in Jesus' name. And I declare for this of 2014, for the next two years, you're going to get locked in the passion of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And wherever you go, the sign and the wonder will not just go before you, but behind you of the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can't lead an exchange life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit (laughs) because you're still in the law and you need the grace. And the ultimate gift of grace is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I declare that and I declare that sound that the muffler that's been put on that sound is released in Jesus name and that passion and that fire go forth in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You know, earlier when you were talking about how you had never preached on the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, as you were, you know, as you were going on, this is something I just felt like that God was saying. It, it wasn't necessarily that you were ashamed of it or that you didn't, um, there was pain that was keeping you back. It was that, um, the message, the message of the, of the exchange had to be laid and had to, and that foundation had to be set for the message of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because in years past, um, some of the most legalistic um, people I know taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it was something you had to work. Mm-hmm. That, that it was something you had to, to, to the, get sanctify yourself and, and labor. And, and, and that's not the message of the Holy Spirit. And, and so what I felt like the Lord was saying was that because you've been faithful to, to proclaim the message of the of the exchange, that that has has um, what's the right word? You've been faithful over small things, and he's got to and, and that that progression. It, it, he's got to move you into another another um, yeah. faithfulness, I guess. Another um, uh, what's the right word? Um, Stewardship. Okay. Hallelujah. Two more verses and I'm through. Huh? Amen. No, I'm, I've never been ashamed of the baptism or none of that. I, I just felt like it, it had hindered my uh, talking about it. I'm more determined than ever. In Luke chapter 24, verse 45, it says, Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. When Jesus came into his disciples in the room, it says he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And that is the same place in John chapter 20, verse 21, when he said he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that comes to open your understanding of the scriptures. And apart from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to me, the sign, Jerry laid his hands on me for the baptism of the Holy Ghost out here at Morris's shop. And uh, there was a guy there that got electricity running through his body and manifesting, and I was sitting there watching it, and I didn't feel nothing. And I got it by faith on the way home. But this guy 
was nailed to a chair. Am I telling the truth? And had the fire of God going through his body, and he got up and rejected it to this day. And, and I, I would have loved to have had his experience, but I didn't. But you know what? The sign for me wasn't the tongues. It was the opening of the word of God. Yeah, it was the opening of the scriptures so I could understand the scriptures was to me a sign of the Holy Spirit. And apart from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can't understand because the anointing which you have received abides in you. And you need not that any man teaches you, but the same anointing, you, anointing teaches you all things and is the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, the teacher comes into to teach you all things. Father, we thank you for your word today. And, Lord, we just ask you to bless all these people. Help us on the journey that we're on, Lord, because we have chosen to see the Holy Ghost and fire move in the midst of a world that needs it worse than anything I can think of. And, Father, every place we go, we are your ambassadors of the exchange. And, Lord, we ask you to give us the anointing and the power that we need and to live in, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.